Gabe. And welcome back to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And today we're rec- reviewing something a little bit different musically. Gabe, why don't you break it down for us? Yeah, it's a, it, it's a weird one, mm-hmm. but in a good way. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the new Zeal and Ardor record, uh, which is uh, self-titled Zeal and Ardor. This record released on uh, February 11th of 2022 on Redacted GmbH under license to MVK, MVKA. Uh, I don't know either of these labels. I didn't, doesn't ring a bell for um, me. Either. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they're, Euro- they're European labels because these guys are based out of Switzerland. If that I'm not mistaken. Sense. Uh, with that being said, uh, the band is going to be consisting of Manuel, and I'm going to be mispronouncing these, <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Gagnon, uh, who is lead vocals, lead guitar, rhythm guitar, synthesizer, and programming. Um, this was kind of, the project is kind of his baby, and then mm-hmm. he brought in other people to help him play live and okay. uh, do the actual recording and stuff like that. Um, we have Dennis Wagner on backing vocals, Mark Obrist on backing vocals, Tiziano, Tiziano? Uh, Volante on rhythm guitar and lead guitars. Mia Rafaela Dio on bass, and uh, she's currently on hiatus as well. Uh, Lucas Kerman and Mark, uh, Luke, sorry, Lucas Kerman is on bass. They, they list both of them as being active members, so I'm not really okay. sure. And then uh, Marco Von Allman, who's on drums. It's a quite a quite a lineup, but it's yeah. a, and especially as we kind of jump into the first impressions, is there's a lot of different things that are it's happening on the entirety of this record. <laughs> that really is. Um, Matt, why don't you go ahead and lead us in on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a lo- on my first listen through of the record, I had gone in with zero knowledge of who this band was. I did no looking up who they were before jumping in. And I'm pretty sure the the most you went in with was me saying, "This is a weird one." Yeah, and then you pretty much was like, "Yeah, it's super groovy," and I was like, "Okay, that and that's literally all I I had going in." It would honestly, for a lack of a better way of saying it, it's an experience. Yeah, it's that, that's very much what that it. is. Um, and just kind of was there anything you wanted to add on first impressions for yeah, yourself? Like, after uh, I probably listened to this album close to twenty times now. Just for for the record, I love this album. Mm-hmm. I I am obsessed with it right now. Um, that being said, going into it, the best way that I can describe this record, it's like Imagine Dragons and X Ambassadors got together and decided to have a fight with the new metal band Ministry mm-hmm. or industrial band, I should say, uh, Ministry, and then just decided to take that fight and slap. A bath across the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a bath being black metal band yeah. for those unfamiliar. Uh, it is a it is a weird uh, concept, and um, the way that it's described on Apple Music and the way that they kind of self describe themselves, it's um, taking African American spirituals and slave songs and mm-hmm. conf- infusing that with black metal, basically. Interesting. Which I have a lot more to say about that when we get into the song breakdowns. So we'll kind of just go into the uh, the musical review on this one here. Um, yeah. Matt, how are you feeling about the music itself? So musically, it's really neat. Um, it's very much a, a good way to put it is it's just a roller coaster of different styles coming in. I had no idea about that kind of background to it. So that that does kind of answer for a lot of the the elements, but there's a lot of gospel elements. There's the black metal infused. I even got glimpses of like old Lamb of God. So like the early kind of late uh burn the priest early mm-hmm. Lamb of God stuff. I kind of got that bleeding through a little bit. 
there were it's just all kinds of different stuff came together and and that's part of the reason why i really say it's an experience is once i put the headphones in and just listened to the record without any interruptions and it was just like direct to my ears not out of a speaker or anything i was able to get pieces of it and it felt not so much as if it was like somebody dumped their heart into it, but it felt like a, their soul was completely dumped into it. There, there was a lot of substance to it, for sure. And um, uh, I, when I was doing the the research prior to the podcast on this one, um, I found out some kind of honestly just interesting things in general. Like, so the basis behind the band, um, Manuel had done. Uh, he was doing like a more techno influenced side project called bird view or bird song or I'm, I'm gonna look at this now because i'm totally butchering it mm-hmm. bird mask okay there's bird involved um so he he still occasionally releases music underneath that but zeal and Arter has kind of become his baby but basically it started out um both of his parents were uh musicians in switzerland okay. and started him off really young he got really into grindcore and black metal scenes as uh, most of those kind of folks do, uh, in, especially in the European uh, areas, as you kind of begin to explore more extreme metals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, and the way this project came out was literally a 4chan post where he posted like people to give him things to combine. Yeah, And I, I'm not going to use the exact words that were used on the 4chan site because 4chan is notably just filled with some of the most disparate and despicable people mm-hmm. <laughs> um but basically it told him to combine black metal and uh afro uh afro-american uh slave songs and that's basically how this project came out and that's i thought that was fascinating and yeah. learning that kind of just helped me recognize and appreciate this a little bit more because mm-hmm. uh, obviously Ma- uh, not obviously but um manuel gagno he is um his father was Swiss and his mother was African American. Okay. So he still has ties to that uh kind of stuff. And then they he spends part time here, part time there. So it it was really kind of interesting to see that perspective on it. And then uh he said that the mythos about the project is if this slaves had turned to the devil instead of God. Which I thought was like and learning that after reading the lyrics completely made sense it, com- it, cha- <laughs> it, uh, it honestly changes the perception of the record yeah. and uh, like full full disclosure i didn't do any of the research that gabe had presented <laughs> so like i'm i'm kind of coming into this in a way a little bit blind but like with that is things very much make sense about this record. Like I said, I got super into this record. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh, that being said, musically, like it is just this cascading field of, of different effects and aspects and influences. And it, it, it was honestly just really fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just helped me reawaken some parts of me that I've, I have fallen out of touch with and, kind of just have been getting back into as a result of listening to this record that's fair no i completely respect that let's jump into the lyrics yeah so um lyrics are weird <laughs> lyric i i can very much agree with that and it's very very dark um there's a lot of references to um uh, 
kind of the question of like where is god and kind of kind of that perspective which again you had brought very much to light kind of what the reason behind that was yeah there's also a lot more um involved with so uh, especially deeper in some of the lyrics that i'll get into on the specific songs later um there's a lot of references to old magic mm-hmm. as well as um, old satanism and not like this fancy atheism that we have nowadays but like true luciferianism yeah uh so it, it was kind of uh really interesting to kind of just see that come out especially in these songs that with exception of the black metal portions sound really radio ready yeah no and it, it really does and what what's amazing about some of the songs is it's not even stuff that you would find on like the rock radio station but these songs sound like they could be put onto a pop radio station and it it feels like it would fit perfectly if you take out those heavier portions which you as you would kind of reference was the the like the more black metal aspects yeah Uh, and then before we jump into the track by track breakdown i do want to talk about the artwork a little bit Uh, so on this one here the artwork is uh it's a plain white background with the zeal and ardor on the top and upside down on the bottom. And then in the middle, we have uh, two black and white, but what are uh, just based off of the, the color and the shadings, uh, presumably African-American hands. And they are making, um, I don't remember how to describe this symbol, but basically it's the, the pointer finger and middle finger up, thumb off to the side, and then your uh, ring finger and your uh, pinky finger down which is indicative of the um, kind of standard pose that we see Baphomet in, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the goat-headed demon that is most often associated with Satanism. Yeah. So it's the same hand signal. It's not in the same positions. One's facing up and one's facing down. Yeah, and it's it's really cool because the the way that it's... Uh, when I kind of was looking at it, is looking at the Zealand Ardor name along with the one hand, is it's almost as if it's perfectly mirrored. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, it, I, I know how it's perfectly mirrored, but I, trying to trying to describe it, I spend way too much time doing. But it, I thought it was a really cool touch that we don't see a lot on, especially self-titled albums. So, like, in the situation of this one is we see the band's name on the top and then the album name on the bottom. But you can also go so far as to say it's the other way around, but it's just the way it worked out. Um, and honestly, having the hands in there with the the sign that it's making is it ties in really strongly to what the record is trying to be, and mm-hmm. it, it very much leans into what what this project is. Yeah, and outside of lighting aspects, if you were to flip the the image upside down, you have the same image, basically. Yeah. So um, it, it is a neat one. I do recommend checking it out. No, absolutely. And we're going to jump into the track-by-track track breakdown where we... Break down the track by track. <laughs> Why do you sound so not excited? Because it's a stupid joke that played off just you being an idiot one day. <laughs> this, I, I, uh, yeah. So we're going to start this one off. The first track is going to be titled Zeal and Ardor. Yeah, so uh, this was uh, definitely an interesting take on an intro track mm-hmm. um, because it, for all intents and purposes, really is. Yeah. Uh, it kind of just lent itself to uh and what um gagno was saying in his interview with apple music that 
it just kind of serves to get you in the spirit of what you're going to be expect- expecting for this album. Mm-hmm. And it definitely does that. But it's just titled Zeal and Ardor because it's indicative of just what's to come. Yeah. And honestly, especially with the the intro aspect of it, is it's it's just building the hype. Yeah. Um, we get the vocals that start to kind of come in towards like the middle third quarter of the song. It's not very long, but it's definitely one to really build up, and it doesn't doesn't really set the expectation of what you're going to be seeing on the record because there's so much and it's just such a short song, mm-hmm. but definitely it, it definitely starts building the hype, as I said, and jumping right into the next song titled run. Yeah. This song is super groovy. I like this song a lot. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites on here. Um, and according to Manuel himself, he, he said that this is just about as zeal and ardor as it gets. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just indicative of who they are and what their style is. Yeah. Um, it's easy to see why this one was a single. And oh, yeah. It, 100%. It, it was just a fun song to mm-hmm. really like fully kick off the album. And it, it's not an overly complicated song in regards to technicality. It's super, super simple, especially even with the lyrics is there's not. There's not a lot there. I mean, you you would have to take some time to digest some of the lyrics themselves, but there's a lot of repeating of the same thing throughout the song. And it's it's so simple yet hard to forget. Mm-hmm. It it just gets stuck in your head. Like I'm singing the chorus of it right now in my head. It's just that it's just that catchy. Uh the heavy portions again really reminded me a lot of Old Lamb of God, especially mm-hmm. Not just in the guitar work, but in some ways the vocal enunciation of you said Manuel was his first name. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I definitely got that old school Randy stylist screaming, and it's it's a banger. Yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying with that, like old Randy Randy style of singing. It's yeah, not a connection I had made, but as as you said it, like it it really clicks. No, I totally get you. Following that one is going to be the song Death to the Holy. Man, I like this song too. <laughs> this one this one this one's pretty um, good. So th- this right here is like where we really get to see one of those examples of it being a um kind of like a mixture of like what slave songs were. Mm-hmm. Um it kind of has this I don't want to say country, but kind of that outlaw aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. And um I- I'm I'm gonna bring this up later, but um it, it definitely made me reminiscent a lot of this album did of the uh side project from nurgle of uh behemoth um called me and that man Mm -hmm. which is like his super outlaw kind of tom waits-esque kind of country yeah and uh this one here is just kind of like the first song that we get to see uh in, in doing that um i really get the vibe from the the mixture of that uh, of those two specific genres mm-hmm. and yeah it's just so cool yeah. the um the drums in this one are super cool it's it's one of those things that like if you don't pay attention to it you miss it but they add such a neat texture to it that i just feel like it 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 fits perfectly yeah no absolutely and uh, this was this was really uh, as you had said the the sort of chaotic roller coaster of genre bending is that's really present here in this song, um, as you said the kind of outlaw country as you know reminiscent of that mm-hmm. is definitely present, um, and before I had found out that it was based on the like the slavery um, the slavery songs is it's very gospel esque so it, like especially in the presentation of the vocals and you're gonna hear that a lot throughout the rest of the record and it was just it was a touch i wasn't expecting 
Um, this was, again, this is also where I was sitting there listening to it with my headphones, and I'm like, "What am I listening to?" But <laughs> and it's it, it's not like a like a what am I listening to in a bad way, but it's like I was just confused because what I wasn't expecting. Exactly. It? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but there is also a lot of gospel influence in here, mm-hmm. which is fairly derivative of slave songs to begin with, and that that's a whole history lesson that I'd rather not get into right now because that deals with a, a very ugly side of America. Yes. Uh, but no, this one, it's it's a really pretty song, even though when you look at some of the lyrics to it, is it's very much a dark and... Um, there, there's just a lot of weight to it lyrically, mm-hmm. but... The the chugging that's included, as well as some of the the harsher vocals that are sprinkled in through it, just kind of adds that extra extra seasoning on it that just makes it. Yeah, that main refrain groove just super tight. That like sick. Yeah, it was super great. It it just was a really cool effect, and then we go into this immersive experience that is immersion, which is a basically a. Instrumental track. There's yeah. For it. And so, yeah, it's very much an instrumental, uh, but you hear sporadically. And as the first time I listened to this song is when the screaming, and it literally just sounds as if it's just yelling, it's just yelling into the void. And this was really where I started to feel the, the weight of the record. And it felt like this record had, there was something that needed to be said. And this is, you know, this is how it's being presented. Vibe-wise, I don't know that I've ever heard a song that has that much weight to it and that much soul behind it in my life. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's there was something to it that I, I can't really describe, but I can feel. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool. It's there, there really isn't much to talk about it. It's just basically kind of what Death Heaven would do. Mm-hmm. And like that's the best way that I can ex- explain it. That's and like that, that that's a really good just indicator like of where these guys kind of sit in the black metal scene is they're more kind of that black gaze kind of feel mm-hmm. and, and most aligned with Death Heaven, although they incorporate a lot more in, in different things. That makes sense. Following that's gonna be Golden Liar. I love this song. This song's also wild because this is this is really where the that like outlaw old west country kind of feel came in. And it was just made so apparent. And I'm like, there, there's no way you can put any more genres than you already have. And then they did this. I'm like, what what else are you going to put in here? Like, just, just just keep showing me what you can do kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's very much a slow burn kind of song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it, again, kind of feeds into that me and that man kick that I've been yeah. really feeding into lately. <laughs> but um, the, the song is such a groove. It's... It, while it's slow, while it is a slow burn, it never really gets boring, mm-hmm. and it, it ramps up extremely smooth. Yeah, and it's it's very much. I'd probably go so far as to say it's it's the softest song on the record, if not like top three softest. Yeah, I'd say it's the softest, just because he never really like gets digging into it. Mm-hmm. It it would be. Um, I don't know the most churchy kind of song. I guess I could actually <laughs> honestly, I could actually see that, but this fits perfectly into this record that's honestly been kind of chaotic in Mm -hmm. in regards to how much we're jumping from different genre to different genre within these individual songs as well as up to this point on the record 
it's it just fits, man. Yeah, it, it's such a good song. I really recommend checking it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Golden Liar, we move into Erase, which is honestly one of the heaviest songs on this record. Yeah. Um, it starts off really softly before just this like utter explosion of sound. Um, the instruments are very new black metal-y on this one. Uh, it, it's, it's a banger. I personally disagree. I, you know, again, because we return to the heavier material, like the the screaming vocals and the guitar work comes in, but I just wasn't really a big fan. Again, really cool guitar riffs in there, because that one, I believe, was... It's not a scratchy breakdown, but it's kind of like a, a scratchier sound to the breakdown, and then some additional tremolo picking. Um, and I thought it was like... that. I was like... That aspect's really cool. It's just the song overall was just kind of meh, in my opinion. Just personally. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Bow. Yeah. Uh, another one that I am in love with. This song, it's it's so groovy and heavy without being heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you don't really get, like, chugging and stuff like that, but, like, his, Manuel's vocal performance on this one is top tier. Yeah. Um, it's... It's definitely my favorite performance from him on the album, uh, and the gospel influence is super strong and present throughout this yeah. entire song. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this this is one of the prime examples of a song you could completely hear on a pop radio station, mm-hmm. even with the uh, you know quote unquote heavy portions, which aren't overly heavy. It's still the it still works with the song, and it's still something you could absolutely hear on a daily basis in a just a regular commute and i i think it was just perfectly done and just just as a brief tangent what this record has done in regards to kind of bringing in these different genres uh all together is what a lot of bands try to do, especially with metalcore currently, where they're trying to bring in these like pop aspects, these like rap aspects and all of that kind of stuff. They're trying to bring all these together and they don't quite hit the mark. This one hits the mark. They manage to perfectly blend them. And I feel like with that, it's often more times it's trying to go the popular route just to try and bring in more people. Mm -hmm. This feels more organic. Yeah. Where it's, they made the music they wanted to make and blended the genres they wanted to blend exactly without really concern or care for who was listening. Mm-hmm. And it, I feel like that or organicness or organ organicness sounds right. Sure. That organicness <laughs> it doesn't sound right. But anyway, fair uh, enough. really kind of just shines through this album and, mm-hmm. and obviously this song as well. Yeah. Uh, from there we move into feed the machine. Um, which is another weird one, but I love it so I, much. The only thing I have to say about it is I both love and hate the song at the same time. I, I definitely <laughs> recommend just listen to the song itself, and you may kind of understand where I'm coming from, but I, I just I love aspects of it, but I hate it at the same time. It, it's it's hard to really put, put a finger on it. Yeah, so this one here... Um, I have a lot to say on this one, actually. Okay. Uh, so it has a super like ministry feel to it, which is where I pulled the ministry vibe earlier from. Okay. Which is also admitted by um, by Gagno. Uh, he said in his Apple Music interview, uh, funny story about this one. I, I'm sorry. Uh, quote, funny story about this one. I do demos on my computer and I program the drums for those. When I showed it to our drummer, Marco, he was like, that's too fast, man. I can't play that. <laughs> 
So this song would have been even faster if it weren't for that. But the whole gag this song but the whole gag of this song is that there's this really harsh ministry esque part where it sounds like a machine pumping away, which is where the title came from, I'm afraid. <laughs> hmm. Um that being said, lyrically this one here is really derivative of the book The Lesser Key of Solomon. Um and uh, the Crowley magic and dark spiritual incantations. So like a lot of the lyrical content on this one, naming of the demons and stuff like that, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is kind of derivative of the Lesser Key of Solomon. Which okay. Personally, I'm not going to recommend just because it's not really where my beliefs lie, but that's the information for you to do with it, what you choose. That's that's completely fair. Um, that being said, I like the song a lot. Following that one is going to be I Caught You. So this one's another weird one. Mm-hmm. Um, it again really shows off the slave influence, uh, the slave song influence, excuse me, uh, beginnings on this one. The uh, lyrics Odak Dara Arad Kado form what's called a Sator square, which, um, uh, historically speaking, a Sator square has five letters. So this is kind of like a baby version of it. Mm-hmm. What a Sator square is, is a 2D palindrome, which basically means that it has, no matter what way that you read it and what lines that you read, it's going to have the 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 same reading back and forth. So if, if you were to read Odak, Dara, Arad, Kado, you read it backwards, it reads Odak, Dara, Arad, Kado. Hmm. So the Sator square does the exact same thing. Uh, it originates I, I found a few different things that said it originated from early judaism christianity um or dark magic and uh, possibly mithraic origins i don't know what mithraic is no i'm not familiar but that's what the website says so yeah i'm with them <laughs> um, and it's originally um used for uh protection and overcoming dangers and difficulties um also on this one here i want to read his apple music interview that he had uh, quote, we're kind of the outliers in this whole black metal thing because people think we're phonies or whatever because we do different stuff. And the biggest sin you can commit in black metal is to have new metal influences. So that's what we did with this song. We even slowed down the speed of the song just for those sequences so they would sound as deftonesy as possible. <laughs> so that's a fun one. I can't wait to play it live. Unquote. <laughs> and like, I respect that so hard because that yeah. is so accurate that one of the absolute worst things about the black metal scene is how gatekeepy they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the worst. Oh, like, 100%. Utterly the are. worst. Yeah. And I, I like I just respect Celanardo that much more for having that kind of recognition cuz like obviously like bands like uh, other black gays bands like Death Heaven like recognize that and they just like push it off to the side because that's not who they're trying to get to anyway yeah. because those people are the worst. So <laughs> can't argue so, with that. So but but kind of plays a little bit fun off of that and I really do enjoy that. Yeah. And honestly just as a as a brief little um shout out about it if you haven't listened to our black metal episode do listen to that we go into a little little bit more in depth as to kind of how how gatekeepy the the genre is and just more of the like uh specifics of it so if you haven't listened to it go and check it out but uh now that i've gone on another tangent um (laughs) let me give my thoughts when I got to this song is I was kind of feeling in a way a little bit of a listener's fatigue. And I think part of it was because there's so much that happens throughout the record is by, by this point I started being like, there there's so much and it just trying to digest it all at the same time. It, it was, it was starting to get hard for me. I wasn't an overly big fan of this song personally, uh, but I, 
respect and up to this point i i very much respect the work that the band has done and um you know just as a, as a spoiler warning is i still very much respect everything that's done on this record it's just there's so much of it and it, it's so it's such a dense record with mm-hmm. all these different elements i think that's kind of where i was like Okay, we need we need to take a breather here. Yeah, uh, of all the songs on the record, this is probably my least favorite, just for the fact that it, it does get a little bit more abrasive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's also aspects of it that I do like, but the um, just the kind of lyrical content on it just makes it a little bit difficult for me. Right. Um, that being said, it's still not a bad song. No. I still really enjoy it, and this is actually one of the few albums that I've listened to lately where I haven't had listeners fatigue on. Okay, which is. A nice breath of fresh air. For me. Very, very <laughs> much so. Um, following that is going to be the song "Church Burns," um, and I'll kind of jump in on this one. I don't have too much to say, but the gospel style vocals return, and it works perfectly as we've kind of as we've seen really throughout the record. A reinvigoration for my ears, and it was needed just to kind kind of bring uh, bring me to want to continue to listen to the record. It's again, the record's kind of dense and it's packed with so many different styles. It's in some ways a lot to to try and digest, but because of the way that they are able to make these elements work, I think is what surprised me the most. Yeah, this one here feels like a heavier version of uh, of Golden Liar. Oh yeah, which again, really like this song. Um, <laughs> and I know I'm taking a lot from his uh, Apple Music interview here, but like he just he describes so much of like what I really want to say so mm-hmm. perfectly, which makes sense since he's you know the artist behind yeah. it. Yeah, you know whatever. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> quote the intent with this one was to have the most potentially controversial lyrics of the album be the most poppy or pop adjacent song we have, and seeing how this was on the front page of Apple Music recently, I think we kind of made that happen. I'm actually in disbelief that it worked that way because in itself it's just a pop verse, and then the breakdown, if you want to call it that, is ZZ Topish honky tonk. I was kind of worried about that because it's so unmetal that I was relieved that people ended up liking it. <laughs> so unmetal. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not <laughs> wrong, but it, it's like the the way he put it is just it just brings a smile to my face. Like I I can't stop smiling right now. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, then moving on, we go into I'm gonna butcher this one. Goddamnerung. Uh, that would have been about my guess, yeah, <laughs> to be completely honest. So the bulk of this song is in German. Um, Goddardammerung is a direct translation to Twilight of the Gods. Um, this term has been used to refer to a collapse as a as of a society or regime marked by catastrophic cra- oof, words oof. marked by catastrophic violence and disorder. Here it is likely referring to a literal collapse of the regime of the gods you knew before super metal song musically and lyrically um mm-hmm. i don't really want to go through the whole uh english to, or german to english translation but it is a super metal song i highly recommend checking it out okay so uh this one is if not the most heavy song on the record is probably number two it's pretty close this one brings every element that we've really seen throughout the record outside of the uh, much more Old West style that we saw very prominent in Golden Liar. A song was, in casual listens, fairly forgettable for me. Um, and even when I was writing the notes, I wasn't super jazzed about it. 
Technic- you need to re-listen to this song. Then. Yes, a pair, a pair. <laughs> well, and honestly, I think because I now have the additional perspective as to what you know what the record is, it's going to give me a a different look at it. But at least at the time of writing the notes for this particular song, I was lukewarm at best. You need to re-listen to this song again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's pretty good. It's. I, I enjoy this one a lot. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, then moving from on from that one, uh, <laughs> I, I, I just I hate the fact that I'm pro- almost certainly butchering it. Yeah, and it's just it's my sad American ignorance showing. It, it, it's just a feel bad to be honest. Yeah, but at least I'm aware of it. <laughs> Can confirm. Uh, we move into "Hold Your Head Low." Uh, this one also really leans into the Tom Waits thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And it's very much. A lot of way in a lot of ways, kind of similar to the last song. But if you take the heavy portions and the slow portions and just flip them, yeah. Um. So very very similar in kind of, I I, I won't say theme, but more uh, composition. Mm-hmm. And again, just flipping the heavy and the soft portions and vice versa. Um, it was okay. Yeah. Drum work on this one, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like utterly phenomenal if you listen to this song for anything but the drums you're doing it wrong listen to the drums it's amazing yeah no 100 <laughs> percent uh from there uh matt why don't you go ahead and lead us in the next one following up is going to be this song titled j m b uh, and it's simply just the letter j uh hyphen m hyphen b uh not sure what if the letters have a particular they do. Sick. <laughs> I'm going to let you um, take that in a second. But it very much felt like Of Mice and Men meets pop punk with a sprinkle of Old Lamb of God. And then whatever the middle portion was, which was Bo, which was just really, really neat. You couldn't be more wrong in your comparison, but I'm glad that you felt that way. <laughs> Based on the what I had heard, is the first thing that came to mind was honestly those three things. So, so that that's why. Knowing your background, I understand why you saw that. Yeah, I have a lot of background in jazz yes, music. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the the title on this one stands for jazz, metal, and blues. Um, basically, mm-hmm. it spawned from uh, from Manuel just trying to throw in jazz chords into metal, mm-hmm. which. If you know anything about music theory, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and jazz chords are funky and weird in their own right. And then it ended up working. And so the working title on this one was Jazz Metal Blues, but he couldn't really throw that on a record sleeve. So it just was shortened to JMB to kind of just leave it be and kind of give it that almost uh, mysterious persona. Yeah. About it. Yeah. That makes sense. Because otherwise, yeah, you just see Jazz Metal Blues on there. Like most people are going to probably auto skip that because yeah. that just sounds stupid. So J and B, it leaves kind of it alleviates that and kind of shows this mysterious side of it. I, re- I respect that actually. Yeah. The next song is to be another one that's going to be uh, composed simply of letters, and it's the letter A H I L, and this stands for All Hope Is Lost. That makes sense, and uh, so this one's going to be another instrumental. Um, no vocals in this one yeah. at all. N- notably, this is also the final track on the album. Yes. 
it's a it's very much a slow building electronic slash programming to close out the record and it feels like a really good way to close this record out it it, it very much feels like the proper bookend especially considering what the first song on the record was and it just closes it out so nicely honestly mm -hmm. like there there's really no other way to put it yeah so basically with this one here um gagno wanted to recreate one of his favorite aspects of black metal and so with black metal one of the things that makes it stand out over everything is its atmosphere so mm -hmm. if you can get past the terrible recording and you can get past the uh the yeah. kind of screams <laughs> and you can get past the the super gimmickry gimmicky imagery and mm -hmm. the just weird nerds and murder and church burnings and all of the things that are negatively associated with black metal if you can get past that one of the most beautiful things about it is the atmosphere that it's able to create yeah and so that's what he wanted to do with this but also still wanted to give the middle finger to black metal fans where he did his best to create the atmosphere a black metal song would have without including black metal yeah and that so that's really what he was the what he designed this track to be just it, it's completely synthesizer and um it was just kind of uh, an appropriate outro he says for it that like this is back to serious business and it's time to go back to bed like the the our time is together is done now you can leave this dream and go back to the life that you had interesting and so i, I just feel like it was like kind of I don't know that you could have ended the this album any. No, better. no. I honestly, I have to agree with that. It, it, it's almost like a poetic ending to the record in a way. And then that, that's basically what it kind of came down to. I respect that, and that's gonna do it for the breakdown of the t uh, self-titled record from Zeal and Ardor. And right now, we're gonna go over our tentacle rating, where we rate it on a scale of one to eight tentacles. And Gabe, why don't you tell me what you're rating this one? So originally when I was writing my review on this one, uh, just like my notes and stuff, I had it at a 7 out of 8. Mm -hmm. uh, it's continuing to talk more and talk out loud with it. It's it's I've, I've adjusted it in my notes already. It's it's I bumped it to an 8. Okay. I, I really enjoy this album. I'm absolutely going to check out their other material. I'm going to check out his other side projects that he has. Like This was a really fun experience. Yeah. And I'm I, sad I haven't listened to them sooner. That's I completely respect that. I'm I'm going to give two different ratings, and I'm going to explain why that is. When we're looking at the experience of it and the theme of it and how well it cohesively came together, I'm giving it an eight out of eight. I was so just taken taken away or taken aback. I guess would be a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. It was such a different entity that I never had experienced before, and it's not going to be something that I would return just regularly because it kind it doesn't really fit in with a lot of the other regular listens, so it wouldn't kind of fit. But like if I were in the kind of mood for it, like this is something that I could go to and just bask in. Um, I respect that. If I were to look at it from like the perspective of myself as the listener of it but also taking it into um you know taking in all of the different context behind the record i'd probably have to put it at probably a six okay um again there were a few of the songs that didn't quite click with me as they did with you um it's just but the, the context to the record and just having that understanding now 
I have to give it the higher score because I have that mm-hmm. much respect for it. And knowing your background in music and just how when we've been doing this podcast together for almost a year and friends mm-hmm. for longer than that, like I understand and I, I I understand why you gave it that writing. Yeah, and your differences on that. So kudos. <laughs> I I, th- I really feel like this podcast just to, for the two of us just being able to talk about music has been super sick. Like it, it's very much g- been able to allow us to kind of see each other's differences in like what music we really kind of grew up with it's also allowed us to just like broaden our own horizons yeah. and force ourselves to listen to things that we wouldn't have normally listened to and yeah. stuff like that but and uh, you, you've dragged me down the deathcore rabbit hole further than i already <laughs> was and now like like i've been listening to extreme metal more like i'm listening to death metal i'm listening to black metal i'm listening to grindcore now like it's <laughs> i i feel like i'm a completely different being from when we started this and speaking of death metal now we're gonna go into the hidden track <laughs> that was so that was so clean dude well i it's just i i actually have things that i'm gonna go over yeah. about death metal here um so well, we're gonna go to the hidden track where we talk about something that isn't related to the album that we've already discussed here um i have a few things that i'm gonna discuss but the first off is um i got to see uh nile in and in incantation which are two of the like big metal uh, death metal gods mm-hmm. that are out there so um it was uh last friday uh i saw or Sorry, Saturday, uh, here in uh, Phoenix. I saw Nile, Incantation, Sanguisugabog, and I Am opened. Um, I Am is basically like Pantera meets Kublicon, and it's fantastic. Still I find love that it. Hilarious. <laughs> They're heavy as all get out. Like every song is like one of four different variants of a mosh pit. Like you either start with a circle pit, have a two step, go into a breakdown, and finish with a two step, or some other variant of that. It's phenomenal. I love it. Sanguisugabog sucked. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, just a personal preference. I did not like them at all. Um, That's fair. Unrelated to them as musicians, the snare sounded like crap. And uh, when you're doing blast beats on a snare that sounds like crap, it doesn't sound good. No. Uh, Incantation was really cool. Um, I haven't really listened to them prior to. It was just kind of uh, they were there because I was 100% there for Nile and yeah. Nile only. But um, it was cool to see them just because they are kind of part of the old guard. They... I think they started releasing music back in like '89. Um, That's old. Yeah, the the guy, the the frontman of the band, he was old, (laughs) like really old. It was fantastic. Wild. And he also did this funny thing where, like, he would speak, and he had kind of like this, I would say, a polished New York accent Mm -hmm. because the band's from New York, but he didn't sound like your like downtown Manhattan screaming at a cabbie kind of guy. Yeah. Um, he, He. like there was elements of that East Coast kind of vibe in there, but it, it was a lot like cleaner about it. I guess would be the best way to put okay. it. But every time that he would speak and he would go into this song is called, and then he would just do a death metal scream of the song. So I have no idea what songs they sang <laughs> because I couldn't understand. <laughs> this song is called. <laughs> the, almost exactly. Almost exactly. <laughs> love it um that being said uh nile put on an amazing show i've missed them the last three times that they've been here and i've kicked myself every single time it was a fantastic experience knocking them off my bucket list and Mm -hmm. i was so happy to do that and i get to do it again seeing cattle decap uh, cattle decapitation here uh, on sunday dude that's gonna be so sick i think it's sunday anyway yeah that, that one's gonna be a fantastic show too that i can't wait for yeah. Um, the next couple things, um, I, I wanted to bring up Me and That Man again, just because it's so good. Please check it out. 
Nurgle's a brilliant man. Uh, then the last thing I wanted to touch on briefly is uh, Leftover Crack did a reissue of uh, uh, World Trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal. Like if you're a fan of like weird punk, they're, they kind of blend hardcore crust punk and ska. And it's kind of like part of that first wave of ska mm-hmm. feel to it. Phenomenal album from front to back. Uh, it's it's so good. <laughs> you you have to really either be in the mood for it or you have to really know what you're getting into. Because yeah. Matt had never heard of them before. And I was just very curious as to what he would think. So, Matt, I just want you to give your thoughts on Gang Control real quick. I was... I ended up smiling quite a bit as I was kind of listening to it. It, it was in a way kind of similar to this record for me as I was just kind of listening. I'm like, this is interesting. Like, and it, it's, and I don't say this is interesting, like in a, in a bad way, but it's like, I, I definitely want to dig into it a little bit more. There's a very much a curiosity about it. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things. When I first discovered them, I discovered them with a, a former bandmate of mine that I was working with at the time prior to being in the band with him. And he showed me these guys. I'm like, this is weird. I like it. I'm going to listen to more. And then I like, I ended up seeing them along with a bunch of other like kind of crusty punk bands and Mm -hmm. it was phenomenal, but (laughs) yeah, but just, just wanted to touch on that just because I'm a really big leftover crack fan. Oh yeah. Really recommend people checking them out. I respect that. So the two things I wanted to talk about, um, since you were talking about shows that are coming up, uh, actually, the day after recording this episode, I'm actually going to get to go see Killswitch Engage, August Burns Red, and Light the Torch. Which I'm super jealous of because I already know from tour pictures that Howard's getting on stage with them for like two or three songs. (laughs) Which I am ready for. I'm probably not going to have a voice the following day because i'm just going to be singing and screaming all the songs that i i absolutely can um really really excited about that but the other thing i wanted to talk about is bad omens dropped a new song titled the gray uh compared to the previous two singles i do believe um i know one of them was a lot more a lot heavier uh this one's very much a softly sung one Mm -hmm. um it's It's very much a ballad yes very very much a ballad and i was really surprised how into it i got Uh, i'm definitely planning to listen to that song quite heavily and just as kind of a teaser is we are planning to review that record when it comes out on the 25th um the following week will likely be when we put out our episode for that but Based on what I've heard so far, I'm really excited about this one. I've also talked a little bit about this one just because Jesse Cash of Era has was partly involved uh, with some of the writing of the guitars. So definitely really, really hyped on this one. For sure. But that is going to do it for us today. We do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. Uh, Matt, where can they find us? You can find us on TikTok, on YouTube, on Facebook, as well as Instagram, all at TentacleBob. Yeah. Uh, Please like, rate, subscribe, comment, do all do all that fun jazz. Give us good ratings. We like. And, and if you're gonna give us a bad rating, please tell us why you're giving us the bad rating. Please, please, please. You you literally all I require is Matt's take on Iron Maiden sucks. <laughs> that is all I need, and I will understand. <laughs> <laughs> or Gabe's take on Metallica sucks, and that's all I need. I will understand. <laughs> Just just give us something instead of just the one-star review and just leave it at that. Like, come on. Yep. 
but that being said, we uh, we do appreciate it, and uh, we will see. Uh, oh, my, my, I almost forgot. We're gonna tease. We're gonna tease a little bit. Tease and more. We're we're gonna do uh, do some new things here upcoming in the podcast, and uh, I'm I'm gonna drop a little hint. We've done this in the past, but not in a regular capacity. Ooh. And that is all I'm going to say about it. We appreciate you guys. Take care. We'll see you later. Catch you in the next one.